Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. 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 Superficial magic is like if Goop were fun. No, it's like you don't have to go find your path. You just have to relax and let your path find you. Time isn't real. Math isn't real. If you focus on magic, you will create magic. That's like a 100% John Stamos guarantee. You really can manifest Vibe anything higher. you want. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. Welcome to Superficial Magic. Oh my God, I am so glad to be in your ear holes right now. I've missed you so much. It's 2020. My name's Megan Granger. I'm sitting here with Crystal Chris. Hi, Crystal Chris. Hi, how are you? Are you just preparing a little weed right now? <laughs> it's a ceremonial superficial oh. magic. Yeah, one time you were on here smoking your bong very loudly. People were <laughs> like, what's that sound? I was like, it's um, it's one of our fountains. It's crystal fountains. People learn something about <laughs> they the sound of a bong. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm just flying into the new year. Like, you know. This new year fucking blew so much. It was like immediately like there's going to be a war. Australia's on fire. Here's a kangaroo on fire. I'm sorry. Uh, what? A strange way to start the yeah, year, Yeah, like, right? do I give a fuck about anything anymore? No. Yeah. So it's very weird. It's very right? weird. Um, I told you and Ingrid that I felt really sad, and you guys helped me do a little ceremony, and I feel like that actually worked. I feel out of it. Like, I feel out of the funk. Really? Yeah. With, through the ceremony? Yeah, I'm ready to manifest my Tesla again, even though, like... <laughs> You know, koalas are extinct. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm ready to get back on that thing. Okay. Also, like, I was just looking outside. I see a pine tree. Mm-hmm. Pine tree. Ingrid said this is a dumb question, but what happened to pine cones? <laughs> Do you not feel like you used to see a lot more pine cones? As a kid, they were prevalent. Yeah. If anybody's been seeing the same amount of pine cones as when they were a kid, please DM me. Did you grow up next to a pine tree? I mean, I just saw them everywhere. It was pine cones. I, you, you, when's the last <laughs> time you saw a pine cone? Oh, man. It's been a long time. It has been. And did you not see them all the time when you were little? I saw them all of the time. I used to, like, you know, you throw pick them up, them up in the air Yeah, you would throw and, like, them. You know, yeah. I'm so confused. It's like the bees are becoming extinct. Koalas are becoming extinct. And could we even say pine cones? Are becoming he's smoking a bong. He'll he'll be back. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's scary to think about the world with no pine cones. You're just blowing smoke into the mic, Chris. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, um, do you want to hear the quote of the day or what? No. I do. No. No. Wrong. We're introducing our guest first. Yeah, yeah we got. Okay, that. our guest is absolutely amazing. We got a lot of letters, emails from people, uh, not letters, emails from people saying, "Hey, your episode with Sean was so good. We love astrology, but can you tell us a little bit more about it?" And I was like, "No, I absolutely cannot cuz I don't know dick about astrology." Ingrid has a friend Will you pronounce his last name for me? Uh, Tajarian. Scott Tajarian. Scott Tajarian. He is so badass. He's an astrologist. Mm -hmm. And he came over, explained it to me like paint by numbers Mm -hmm. style. Like you're a child. Yeah. It made it so clear to me. And I honestly understand so much more about what the fuck people are talking about. It's really cool. Yeah. So even if you know a little bit about astrology, it's still going to be really helpful. 
Yes. I think. Yeah, I mean, everyone has their, like, time stamp, you know, like, who, yes. of who they are and where they were born or when they were born in relation to where the stars were, all those things make us who we are so it's it's really it's really fun to hear and learn about all that stuff yeah we got a really like good look into why you're such an asshole sometimes yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah it's a fire on fire on fire (laughs) (laughs) um he also drew he like draws it out in this really cool way that makes you understand it so i'm gonna post those to the facebook page superficial magic vibrators Mm -hmm. um okay now it's time for the quote of the day nice let's do it okay is that stupid? Woo! This quote comes from my Pinterest board. Um, <laughs> this one is private, folks. This is a real private Pinterest board that has some embarrassing shit on it. But what's not embarrassing is this quote. <clears throat> what the universe will manifest when you are in alignment with it is a lot more interesting than what you try to manifest. Mm. Mic drop. That's badass. Yeah. Um, it's by a person named Adia Shanti. Damn. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. That is super cool. <laughs> you got to go with the flow of the universe, man. You have to go you with the flow. You can't fight it. You can't fight it. And, and it's just like so beyond anything we even understand. We don't understand. Speaking of go with the flow, Scott, in, in my session with him, told me a bunch of stuff uh, that kind of helped me realize where I need to, how I need to prioritize like my healing. Yeah. You know, it was really cool. And part of that, taking um, a solo trip to Europe. So yes. I, I think that this astrology stuff is inspiring. And, and he said that on the certain day, you should be where your origins are. You're from Germany mm-hmm. and you're just going to be in Germany on that day. Super random. It's really, it's really strange. Cool. It's all coming together. Um, wow. 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 He told <laughs> me I would have problems in love and mm. work and in security. Wow. Yeah. Well, the, you know, those are some important <laughs> things to focus on, you know? I mean. <laughs> well, it, you know what he kept saying? He kept saying, like, I'd be like, oh, my God, this sucks. Like, I have all these problems. And he kept saying, I see them as opportunities. And I was like, I'm literally going to scream because they're not. <laughs> Stop saying that, Scott. But then I started thinking about it. And they are opportunities. Duh. If mm-hmm. you know what they are, then it's not a problem anymore. It's yeah. like a fun game. Yeah. It, it really helps, you know, to be aware of certain Yeah, the fucking things. map. Like, things. You, ma- yeah. The universe gave you a little tiny map, so let's learn how to read it. Yep. Right? Yep. It's all built into us. We already know it. <laughs> yes. And that's a, that's the cool thing. It just resonates as true. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just like, oh, yeah, duh. So go visit him at date underscore time underscore place on Instagram. Book him if you want a session or just follow his very interesting stuff. You were so moved by his reading that you started working with him yeah. to kind of figure out how to build up his YouTube channel and... Yeah, no, I was just moved by it because I think that more people should know about astrology. I think it, it's it's literally, you know, so many answers to like our problems are. I mean, not answers, but I mean, it's like like you said, roadmap. It's like yeah, helps us figure our lives out. So I'm, I got, I just got excited about that. I'm you know? pretty annoyed that I I didn't understand how to listen to it earlier on in my life. I think if like a lot of my friends are going to get readings for their babies, and I'm so jealous. Mm. Imagine just knowing, like, oh, that's what they're going to struggle with. 
<sighs> okay. So true. It's so true. Well, <laughs> we hope you love the episode. I really think that you will. If you do, go right at five stars uh, and leave a little comment. Come join the Facebook group. Follow me on Instagram at Megan Granger. And uh, I'm so excited to spend 2020 with you guys. I love you so much. This is going to be a great year. Mm. And I can't wait. Yeah, it's happening. Wee! Wee! Okay, Scott, let's start from the very beginning. Can you just tell us how you got into astrology to begin with? It's kind of a crazy story. I mean, I, I had an understanding of astrology to a light degree for probably close to 20 years. I knew my sun, my moon, and my rising sign, but I didn't really know what any of that meant. I didn't know the rest of my chart. But I was working on a writing project with a friend and it was a historical piece, and I'm a Scorpio, so I'm super obsessive, and I needed to know everything that there was to know about these historical characters, and the text from the source material wasn't giving me all that I needed, and I had their birth dates, so for some reason I thought, well, I'll look at where the planets were when they were born, and these people were born like in the 1800s, wow. so they didn't have their actual charts, but I saw where the planets were. And I started Googling what different things meant, and everything that I read was so accurate to what I'd researched that it forced me to think about myself and my own chart. And mm. I said, well, okay, I know my sun, my moon, and my rising sign, but I don't know what those mean. <laughs> and I don't know where Venus or Mars or Jupiter is in my chart. So I looked that stuff up, and I started Googling, and everything that I read really stunned me because the descriptions weren't just me it was the me that only I know oh it was you the you beyond the mask <laughs> yeah yes so I mean that th this is for people out there who you were kind of mentioning earlier just read like have read online once or twice their you know their horoscope on Cosmo or mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. it's a whole different process to go through it with your actual birth time and and all the planets and how it all comes together it really is I remember my friend having a party once where she printed out everybody's charts and and read like the things and then everybody had to guess who it was and they guessed 100 yes. percent right yeah Yes, it's, it's pretty crazy. Planets and stars shape us. Mm -hmm. We are made of mostly water and the sun and the moon move the oceans. So they have shaped you from body to soul. And there's no denying. I've never done a reading for someone where they're like, mm, that's not me. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, no, <laughs> no. It, every time yeah. it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, how do you know this? And I'm, I'm just translating what the language says. Mm, yeah, That's the sun doesn't lie. No. <laughs> <laughs> when I show people their planetary code, their astrological code, it's easy to see how you are a miracle because it's very complex. It's not as simple as, you, you know, reading the newspaper and seeing the 12 signs or the horoscope or whatever. There's... We're obviously more complex than just 12 types of people in the world. Mm. There's a lot of symbols. They mean a lot of different things. And the next time one person's chart will be duplicated is 25,000 years from the date, time, and place that they were born. So That's crazy. 
You're one of a kind. So what if you met your person in 25,000 years who was born at that exact time? Would you guys have a lot in common? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, people will say, well, what if somebody was born the exact same time as me in the same place? Well, then you are living very similar lives. You have an alter ego out there uh, that has experienced a lot of the same things that you've experienced in life. Wow. Wow. Yes. I guess that's a that's a more normal question. What if somebody was born not the twenty five thousand years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows if we'll even be here in twenty five thousand yeah. years? <laughs> oh God! Well, I like that you said it, it is it is a lot. It's a lot, and mm -hmm. it's kind of confusing. But your your purpose and goal is to break it down for people so that they can read their own charts. to make it simple. Mm -hmm. And so, in order to make it simple, you you stick with the fundamentals. Yep. It's it's like in, in learning any language, you. You stick to the fund fundamentals, like the hooked on phonics or mm -hmm. whatever, um, and it teaches you how to speak English. There's simple fundamentals to astrology that opens the door to expanding and learning the language. There's 12 signs. There's 12 houses. There's four elements. And there's three modalities. Those are what consists of the fundamentals of the signs. And each sign has a symbol as well. Each sign has a planetary ruler. And as far as the planetary symbols go, they're all derived from three symbols. There's the circle of spirit, which symbolizes your eternal soul. No beginning, no end. There's the cross of matter, which symbolizes... The four elements of matter, air, fire, earth, water, and the crescent of receptivity, which symbolizes giving, receiving, teaching, learning. Mm. So you look at how these symbols come together in the different planetary symbols. Like if you just think of Venus, which is a very common symbol that most people would recognize because it's the symbol that is associated with the feminine Mm. It's a circle of spirit, a top, a cross of matter. That symbolizes your eternal soul in the world of matter and what it feels. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It is a language, huh? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I can see that. Yes. Okay, right. Yes. So you, you wrote out, again, these pictures will be on Facebook, but the circle of spirit, the cross of matter, and the crescent of receptivity they make up all 12. Well, there's many, there's many planetary symbols and some of them are not even planets, uh, but they're, they're points within the, the astrological code that carry significance. So for instance, uh, another symbol that's, that's really key that not everyone knows about is Chiron, which is, it looks like a key. It's the one mm, right yes, over there. So that, that, I like to look at that one. It, it's a key, so there's one way to look at it. And, and this is how you, you sort of describe what the meaning is behind. Keep talking. Yeah. I'm just closing this one. <laughs> behind each of, each of these symbols. So Chiron is a key uh, because it's the key to self-healing. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. But when you think of the three fundamental symbols, it's a circle of spirit with a broken cross of matter. So it symbolizes the wound that you have within you. 
that each of us has within each of us. Oh, and you were saying that kind of one of the benefits of astrology, main the main one, is learning our wounds and our challenges and our gifts. Yes. So the, we're not comparing ourselves and we're not fighting a battle that's not even ours to begin with. Exactly. In in our society, we we're so drawn to comparing ourselves to other people, whether it be friends, family, celebrities, whatever it may be. And we judge ourselves very harshly because we're not achieving or accomplishing whatever we think we need to accomplish, which is someone else's accomplishment. And also, I mean, I think the worst person I compare myself to be is the person that I think I should be. Exactly. And maybe that person doesn't exist at all because it's not even in my chart, my DNA, my my person exactly well and you know you talk a lot about manifestation oh yeah and that's definitely something that society is like you can manifest this you can manifest that but then at the same time society says trust in god Mm. well if you trust in god then just trust with what's happening right sometimes if if i would have manifested all the things that I wanted in my life, I wouldn't oh, be sitting here not right good. now. Yeah, yeah be very <laughs> dead. In my case, I would be extremely dead for sure. So the key to the chart and understanding it is is to understand yourself. And once you understand yourself, then you're able to accept who you are. And once you accept who you are, then you're able to fully appreciate who you are. And once you're appreciating who you are, then you are accomplishing the number one job that each and every human being has on this earth, and that's to love yourself. Mm. Yeah, that job is not getting done. It's a tough job. Yeah. But that's why that's the only job you really have to focus on. Yeah. And that's my whole purpose in in sharing this language and helping others to understand this language so that they can understand themselves accept themselves, appreciate, and love themselves. So it's, you know, you could see something like, oh, my blah is here. I'm just going to be an asshole in a certain kind of way. And I can notice it and try not to do it, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've had people tell me, well, it's like an excuse. Mm. You know, it, I'm a bad person because it's in my chart. No. You know, or people will... We'll say, well, what about this person in society? They're a bad person. Is that because their chart? No, it's mm-hmm. not. Like this is your instrument that you are playing every day. And there's a yin and yang expression in everything. So either you are active you are acting out of a higher sense from your higher sense of reality, your higher realm of consciousness. Or you are acting from your selfish self. Mm. And so you have, it's like, I think of every human being as a superhero. Superman could go out and really wreak destruction across the world, but he chooses not to. That can be you as well. Mm. So it's how are you using your special powers? Are you using them for a higher sense of good? Or are you using them to... Be selfish. Right. And just getting yanked around by a planet unconsciously, like wondering what the hell is going on. Yeah. Well, that's not an excuse. No. You know, so the planets are going to 
affect you. They're affecting you every day. They're affecting you right now. Um, when you're aware of how they're affecting you, then you're able to operate from a higher realm of consciousness. You you rise above the maze. Mm. You're you're no longer the rat in the maze. You're <laughs> levitating above you're it. You're looking at it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you're understanding, okay, the reason why I'm going nuts today and I feel like flipping over a table is because the moon is squaring my Mars. And the mm. moon is my emotions. And Mars is the god of war. And a square is a fight if you're squaring off with someone you know it's either a country dance or (laughs) (laughs) or it's a fight so you know either way it can go either way but i'd rather it be the country dance yeah and that's how it can be but it can only be that way if you're aware of what's going on and when you're aware of what's going on then you can take an extra breath as opposed to just reacting wow so do you is this something you do every day to see where you are every day yes so that's probably not completely possible for everyone, is it? Well, it, it takes practice. Mm. It's a practice, just like yoga is a practice or any other sort of discipline. Um, not everybody has to do that. but I, And it takes time to learn how to do that. It starts with understanding your chart, first of all. Mm. Once you understand your chart, then you can start looking at where the planets are in now in relation to your chart and how they might be affecting you. Is there like an app for that? <laughs> yeah, I, there's my favorite app is time passages, time passages. Yes. It's, it's pretty advanced, but it, it's also applicable to, to novices as well, because cool. there's really good descriptions in there of what different things mean. So for instance, like for your chart, when the moon is in, um, Aries and into Taurus. That's when the moon is transiting your 12th house. And this is for you, Megan. Mm. So when the moon is in your 12th house, that's the house of the unconscious. The reason it's the house of the unconscious is because the 12th house is associated with the 12th sign. And the 12th sign is Pisces. Pisces rules the feet. And the feet carry the weight of the entire body. So the 12th house carries the weight of the entire chart. Oh, wow. So when the moon, and this is where every individual stuffs down their psychological is baggage. Is that why Pisces are so emotional? My yes. Lo- my longest relationship was with the Pisces. Yes. Okay. Pisces carry a weight. They wow. carry a heavy weight. They're very intuitive. Mm. And because of their intuition, because of the final sign, they have a sensibility and an intuition about all the other signs, which means whenever they're around other people, they're feeling what they're feeling, which is what makes them very compassionate. But it can also bring about this brooding Oh well, yeah, that you know, brings it back to the choosing the light or the dark because I that's why a lot of them I'm assuming become addicts because that's the rumor about Pisces, you know, they're addicts. Well, when when you think of the signs, you think of the symbols and Pisces is symbolized by the fish and there's the saying drink like a fish. Mm. So because they feel so much, they gravitate towards all forms of escapism, which can be drugs and alcohol. But also Netflix and chill for 12 hours yep. or, you know, playing video games for a long time, whatever it may be, whatever tool they're using to escape their present reality to kind of get back to themselves. Wow. And it's 
it's that's the challenge of Pisces. For Pisces people, I definitely recommend wearing crystals uh, because crystals can help deflect or transmute the energies that you're feeling around them. So, I mean, I'm a Pisces moon and I always have crystals on me. <laughs> so should we look at what some of my challenges and... and um gifts are wow sure. i forgot the gift part i just was focusing on the challenges i'm sure that's in there somewhere <laughs> you have many gifts you have okay, many great. gifts and that's there's good and there's gifts in the challenges too mm. it's it's yin and yang you know it's it's a dual experience um even it, uh, through every challenge there's a gift at the end it's like the the pot at the end of the rainbow or if you watch a a movie you see the you know the reason why we're drawn to this type of entertainment is we see somebody struggle and then achieve something. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're all going through. Yep. So just because you have a challenge in your chart doesn't mean that you're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> it just means you're on a journey. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. on a journey. That's it. You know, and so for you, you know, to point out the challenges. <laughs> okay. One right here. So, we, you know, I always point to Chiron, like, where's your wound? Mm. Where is your wound? And your wound is in the first house in Taurus. And so when you think about Chiron and the the story of Chiron, uh, who in the myths is a centaur, half man, half beast, and half brother to Zeus. Chiron is a great scholar and a warrior. And, it, and he was a... Uh, a trainer, he trained many other great warriors like Achilles, Jason, and Hercules who wounded Chiron with a poison spear. Ooh. And yeah. And because Chiron was a god, he could not die. But because he was poisoned, he also couldn't be healed. So right. he was destined to eternal suffering. Cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Great. But in his infinite wisdom as a deity, he remembered Prometheus, who was banished by Zeus and chained to a rock for eternity against the ocean, the waves crashing against him for eternity and the 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 seagulls and birds pecking upon his flesh mm, and liver. Mm -hmm. And Chiron said, well, we both don't need to suffer. I'll take his place. Oh. And Zeus was so moved by his oh, brother's show of I'm compassion. Yeah, it, it's, it's emotional. Wow. It's a beautiful story. So his brother, Zeus, was so moved by what Chiron did that he eased his suffering because of his compassion, he eased his suffering by transforming him into the constellation of Sagittarius, which is symbolized by the centaur wow. or the archer. So now he's a, now he's stars and yes. he's having a great time. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, great. So what that teaches about us is Chiron is not only the wound and it's the wound because like I'd said, I think before circle of spirit with the broken cross of matter, but it also is the symbol where you possess ancient wisdom mm. and the ancient wisdom is unlocked by the self-healing of that wound and the self-healing of that wound comes through helping others heal from their wound as well right that share a similar wound to you that's very on point because there's been many times that i'm like 
I don't want to face this anymore like i want to just be unconscious and i'm like oh damn it i have to help other people exactly. move through it because it's yeah it's really hard yes yeah so yours is in the first house okay. which is the house of personality and um it's in taurus and taurus is the sign that rules finances and security and all things related to the material so you have a wound with your self-confidence mm -hmm. And you have a wound in feeling secure and yep. safe and like you have enough in this world to survive. So what do I do? <laughs> well, I, honestly, I feel like you're doing it by doing this podcast mm. because it takes a lot of courage to be on a podcast, to do a podcast, um, to put yourself out there in the way that you do. It's, yeah. it's not easy to do that. It takes a lot of courage. So sometime throughout your life leading up to your adulthood, you were wounded in your self-confidence and you're overcoming that or healing from that by putting yourself out there and showing your bravery by yeah. doing the podcast. The other thing to do is to also go back into your subconscious Go back to those periods where you were wounded. And as the adult Megan now, you're able to go back and react to what occurred mm -hmm. from a new perspective. From you're, you're able to react differently. But most importantly, you're able to go back and forgive yourself because the way you reacted is the best you could have done at that moment in time at the age you were and the maturity level that you had at that point. Yeah. And once you're able to forgive yourself in that moment, you're able to forgive the perpetrator or perpetrators that harmed you mm -hmm. and understand that they were just sent here to be a catalyst in your story. That's why they came into your life mm. so that this code could be activated. Wow. So the code kind of wants to be activated with a bunch of problems i'm using quotations in the mix for you to work out like uh, that's part of the fun yes wow. yes i mean th this earth is not meant to be peaceful mm -hmm. and calm and uh you know just like oh everything's wonderful 100 percent of the time that, yeah that's just not reality that's not why we're here if if we if that was the reality here, then nobody would be learning anything. Right. You have to fall on your face in order to learn how to stand up. Yep. How to walk. Is that why billionaires like who just go to an island and are like peace out often end up dead in two years and, you know, like depressed <laughs> because it's not. Well, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Yeah. Everybody's going through their own personal hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. You know? it is. And that's why. You see people, you know, celebrities or famous people or, you know, wealthy people there, they commit suicide or mm -hmm. whatever. Everyone is, is going through some level of suffering here and that's by design. Yeah. Because if you don't go through the suffering, then you're not able to truly achieve the appreciation and love for yourself that is meant for you. Suffering by design. I love that. And, and. Your soul is like a diamond. It's it's a diamond in process. And when you... A diamond is not easy to make. Right. It's not easy. It's a very harsh process to form a diamond. So 
think of yourself as a diamond and you're going through that harsh process to get shaved and polished and molded Mm. in the proper way so that your soul will shine and outgrow its physical manifestation into something even more amazing the next time around. So wounding, got it. And my finances, for and, sure. And one other thing to note, note about the wounding is it's in, so you see this line here across here, it's forming an opposition. So your, your Chiron is at 28 degrees in Taurus and your Venus is at 27 degrees in Scorpio. So that creates a direct and very strong connection called an opposition between the wound and the planet that rules love and relationships. Uh-oh. Yes. So I, you're telling me I have a wound in money, self-confidence, and love and relationships. Yes. What don't I have a wound in? <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. That's a lot. It is. It's it's a heavy challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a heavy challenge. Yeah. There's no doubt. But it you're you're doing it well. Yeah. So you got to see the big picture in that. Um you know, another challenge is the moon in Scorpio. This is a heavy placement because, so when you think of the language of astrology, the moon, it looks like the crescent of the moon, but I think of it as two crescents of receptivity that are connected mm. to, to symbolize giving, receiving, teaching, and learning at the deepest emotional level, wow. the deepest core. So your people don't, know how how deep your emotions go uh scorpio is the deepest darkest sign uh, when i think of the three water signs which are uh, cancer which is cancer is like at the beach it's it's fun it's playful everyone's having a good time and then the clouds roll in and it's like oh no it's raining uh, this sucks you know so it's kind of moody it's mm-hmm. it's kind of goofy it's it's symbolized by the crab you have pisces which is like being in the middle of the ocean where you can't see any land and the water can be very serene and flat and you're thinking wow this is really beautiful but what's going on underneath me mm-hmm. uh, or um, you know, the waves get big and, and that gets scary. But Scorpio is, this is the scorpion. So I think of Scorpio as like that that body of water that's in the middle of the forest that you've stumbled mm. upon. And it's like a lagoon. And you're like, do I even, would I ever step in this thing? And if you get in there, you're like... You're not trying to move Mm. because there could be something underneath you, a monster that's going to come up and get you. Right. So that is what having the moon in Scorpio is like. It's your emotions. You you try to be really still with them because what you feel is deeper and more powerful than even you want to get into touch with. Oh, there's been times where I have felt emotions that I cannot believe they didn't rip my body open Mm -hmm. like i've looked down and been like is my solar plexus shooting light out of it right now because it's just like so big yes and i try not to be an emotional person so well and that's the point yeah that's that's the point it's a scary scary place to Mm -hmm. be emotional when you have a moon in scorpio the other thing about it is it's in the sixth house 
So the sixth house is associated with the sixth sign, which is Virgo. So Virgo is the virgin, and the virgin is very analytical, very meticulous, and very critical. So in your emotional sense, you have a strong, uh, you're emotionally fulfilled by perfection. Mm -hmm. And when things aren't just so, that's when you can become really critical of others, but most especially yourself. Wow. Okay. And it's also in connection with your Saturn here as well. So that makes it even heavier, even deeper, because Saturn is the cross of matter with the crescent of receptivity pointed down. That symbolizes the matter, the world of matter, and what's real. Mm -hmm. it's a it's a heavy sense it's like it's like having a elephant sitting on your emotions at all times and saturn is also the ruling planet of capricorn so there's a stronger sense there because your sun is in capricorn uh your mercury is in capricorn as well so the moon in connection to saturn in scorpio in the sixth house this is your emotions go so deep. Mm. They're so powerful and heavy. This is why you try to avoid them at all costs. So when somebody gets something like this and you now have knowledge of your of your challenge, what would be do you advise people like, I don't know, maybe you should go swimming more or something like move, move in the water. Is there is there advice that you give? To these challenges? Sure. I, I mean, for for you, I, I mean, for everyone to a degree, always connect with nature. But for you specifically, I mean, I don't know if you see a therapist, but and, and that's and I mean, I do. I yeah, mean, for, it's, sure. It's not, for sure. You yeah. know, but I think it's very important for you to be speaking to somebody on yeah. a weekly basis. About that, this shit. Yes, exactly. Because the more you ignore it, the more it festers mm -hmm. and the uglier it looks when it comes out to yep. play. And it's going to come out to play sooner or later. So sure. you want to get out in front of it. Yeah. And the way to do that is to have a trusted professional that you can speak to on a weekly basis and really be honest with about how you feel. Mm -hmm. It's very important. But also, you know, to protect yourself using crystals because Scorpio is a water sign. It's a very intuitive psychic sign. Ah, uh, that's just like soaking in other yes. people's shit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So you have you have a really strong connection to what's going on outside the world of matter, beyond mm. the world of matter. Like there's so much happening right now around us that we can't see. Right. And you sense it. Mm-hmm. So you want to protect yourself from that. Yeah. And yeah, put your feet in a natural spring or the ocean or whatever it may be. Hug a tree. It's kind <laughs> of like plugging your phone into the outlet once it's dead. When you do that sort of thing, it's recharging you and it's reminding you who Megan is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And filtering out all the other all the other Energy, stuff. Yes, exactly. Okay. So lighten, up. lighten it. Try to lighten it. Yes. And get some, get some air and like, I don't know, movement in it. Yes. Yeah. I, well, if if that's what you're feeling, then mm -hmm. that's what you should do. Because I mean, I, I'm an interpreter. I, I'm I'm someone who reads the language of astrology. You 
have been living in your filter for mm, your entire life, right. your instrument for your entire life. So right. trust your intuition. What feels right is what you should be doing. Got you it. know within yourself, if you feel like you need to be moving around or be active, then that's what you should be doing. This this is kind of in line with, with the, uh, the Chiron in the first house. Because this is another very important symbol in the chart. It's called the North Node. Mm. So you have the North Node, and then you have the South Node. This is the head of the dragon. This is the tail. This is oh. the hill. This is the valley. So it's a crescent of receptivity with two circles of spirit connected at the bottom of the crescent. And this symbolizes the pathway of your soul, your karmic journey. This represents, the south node represents where you've been. It represents your past lives, the karma that you've brought with you into this life, uh, the karma that you dealt with in your past life, the gifts that you, that you accumulated and the traits that you cultivated in your past life is the south node. So this is what you're already good at. The North Node represents where your soul wants to go. This is the karma that you're meant to experience in this life, the traits that you're meant to cultivate, and mm. the gifts that are unlocked through this work. Cool. So the trick is, is that you are the one that has to go here on the North Node. Mm. No one is... is you, it's like people will ask like so am i like a puppet or whatever you know like i don't have any choice yes this is your choice your choice is are you going to follow your north node or are you going to be stuck in your south node the south node is easy because it's what we know it's what's familiar so but what's it's my not south node kind of stuck in right now so your south node is in the seventh house and it's in sagittarius your north node is in the first house in gemini so this is a so, journey. This yes. is going to be a journey. Yes. Okay. So South Node is in the past, in past lives, you know how to do relationships. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something that comes natural to you mm -hmm. doing relationships. It's also natural for you to be a freedom lover, to be somebody who really wants to explore and broaden your mind and maybe travel a lot, mm -hmm. go other places all the time. Uh, but your north node is in the first house. So you have the wound in your first house, which is your confidence. The north node is also in the first house. So this is kind of like doubling down mm. where it's like you also you have a wound here, but you have to be here. You mm -hmm. have to be focused on you, yep. on your confidence, on what Megan wants, not what the partner wants, mm -hmm. what Megan wants. The partner will align with you. The right partner will align with you, not you doing mm -hmm. what the partner wants to please the partner. That's right. not the right partner <laughs> for gonna you. It's not going to work. No, okay. that's yeah. not the right part. The right partner for you is somebody that instills and fuels your confidence and supports you in being you and mm -hmm. being the the individual that you are. Now, in Gemini, 
these are the two signs that are that represent travel and learning. So Sagittarius is like long long distance travel and higher learning, like deep philosophy. Gemini is quick trips and the cliff notes. Ah, the bullet points. Interesting. That's so. That's where I'm headed. That's, that's where you. Good. That's where you need to be. Got it. It's up to you to go there. Got it. So. Keeping things quick, keeping things short, learning a little bit about a lot, but not mm-hmm. getting too deep in any one direction, which is, again, why doing the podcast exactly. is great because it keeps you on a lot of different topics. Totally. It doesn't get you stuck in one area. Yep. Can't do that. Also, taking quick trips, doing weekend getaways as, as opposed to the, you know, the six month sabbatical. Mm-hmm. So, and now when the planets, they made their imprint on you on the day you were born the moment you took your second breath they moved on and as they moved on they are tapping into the code that they left behind in you Mm -hmm. to unlock that code so that you develop to your full abilities in this incarnation of your soul what they're attempting to do is to get you over here on your north node so they start by guiding you and nudging you and then pushing and grinding on you if (laughs) need be if you're not Mm -hmm. in the right place and they want you over here but it's always your choice yeah if you're gonna be there or not if you're trying some people never go here and they have really hard lives i was gonna say i mean it it is your choice (laughs) but the other choice is just being miserable all the time exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah okay any any other North Node stuff that I'm heading towards? <laughs> Just focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not about being selfish. You're not being selfish. You are you are inherently someone who is not selfish. You need to learn how to be about you. I don't tell everybody this. Some people, they need to learn how to not think about themselves. Mm. They need to learn to think about other people first. You came into this life already knowing about that. That's inherent in you. Right. So it's not something that you need to work on. And the more that you're thinking about other people and their needs, the more miserable you're going to end up being. It's really funny because in kindergarten, my teacher always used to say, Megan, worry about Megan. <laughs> See? I mean, those sort of simple lessons that yeah. stick with you yeah. are meant for a reason. Mm-hmm. The wisdom was right there yeah. from the time you were five years old. And I, I like, it's funny when you look back on things, I think because every little thing that stood out to me is odd and that I kind of like clocked in the back of my mind, even in kindergarten. I was like, what an odd thing that the teacher is always saying, Megan, worry about Megan. <laughs> um, it all is like some puzzle that mysteriously starts to put itself together. And it's so funny and fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this is Megan worry about Megan. Mm-hmm. Just that's your mantra. Yeah. <laughs> Megan worry about Megan. And what Megan is worried about is learning a little bit about a lot. Mm-hmm. Knowing a little bit about everything. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what you should be doing as a podcaster where you're interviewing different people. Yeah. It's not about becoming an expert exactly. in any one area. Yep. Your expertise is is and and this is the other thing to know about about Gemini. Gemini is the sign of communication. It's associated with the third house, which is the house of communication. Gemini is the twins. The twins are very confusing, but they're very curious. You have two people that are trying to learn 
two different things. Oh. So it's all about, it's, Gemini is also ruled by Mercury. Mercury is the circle of spirit with the cross of matter, like Venus, but with the crescent of receptivity on top. So it represents conscious thought, your conscious mind, and how you communicate those thoughts and receive the conscious ah. thoughts of others. So in doing that, you are, you are here to share ideas, to accumulate information, and then that goes through your filter and you share it with others. So exactly what you're doing. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> That's great to hear because yes. this is my favorite thing in the world to do. And, and why do you think that is? <laughs> because it's in my North Node. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when you're living in your North Node, life feels right. Your soul feels full. It feels open. Mm. And possibilities are limitless when you're when you're in your south node it's easy you can do it's it just but unconscious it's, it's just, like re re repetition exactly of and it's not fun at all i love that but when you're doing this that's when it's like you're flying in a very early podcast um we did us we did an episode all about north node so i'll in the introduction let people i'll remind them of that mm. in case they want to hear a whole section about north node yes yeah yes um Okay, so then gifts. Are we into the gifts part? <laughs> I thought those were gifts too. Oh, I God. look at them as gifts, but there's other gifts. So, you know, here's here's a definite gift right here. Yeah, let's do a definite gift. So, <clears throat> your wound is in self confidence. Your North Node is in self confidence. Cool trick, this, universe. This, Good prank. Yes, this symbol right here is called the part of fortune. So. If you look at the symbols, you have the earth, which is a circle of spirit and a cross of matter inside the circle of spirit. That symbolizes the world, which is where the eternal souls occupy the world of matter. Mm. That's earth. Mm -hmm. Now, the part of fortune is earth symbol kind of tilted a little bit on its side to show where the deck is stacked in your favor. Oh. So this is where you're most fortunate. And your part of fortune is in Aries. Mm. And Aries is the first sign, which is associated with the first house, the house of personality. So mm. even though you have a wound to your personality, you also have great fortune there as well. Which is why you have such a bright personality able to do That's this so podcasting. In addition to that, it's in the 11th house, which is the house of friendship. Oh. So that's the community. Yeah. And that's what you've created here. That's my favorite thing. Yes. Friendship. Yeah. Friendship, community. Mm -hmm. You have a gift in community, in having confidence in friendships, in bringing confidence to your friendships yeah. and to the community, a real courage there. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, <laughs> a, a great combatant, if you will, I mm -hmm. guess, towards the, uh, the Chiron my, in the first my house. My friend Kenna says I'm cozy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my gift is like, coziness well you know part of the coziness also is probably the taurus rising here mm. because taurus is the bull 
you know, and the bull's kind of a, you know, this is a creature that loves just like relaxing in the sun, Aww. in the field, smelling all the oh, fragrances. Oh, we always think of the bull as like running towards the red flag, but that's just because it's being taunted. Exactly. It's a peaceful creature. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, I a hate bu- humans exactly. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, okay. You know, bull is like, people are trying to ride it. It's in a confined space. Bulls don't like to be, mm. they don't like to be confined and they don't oh. like being pulled or pushed or prodded. They just want to be left alone. Yeah. Relaxing. That's what I want. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get pulled and pushed and prodded, that's when you become the bull in the china shop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. I also think it's a gift that you have all this eighth house energy here. Uh, you have the sun, you have uh, Mercury, you have Neptune and Jupiter. So you have four planetary pieces in the eighth house. And I call them planetary pieces because astrology, in addition to being a language, is kind of like a board game to me. Mm. Uh, I have all these different colors here, all these different symbols. They're like pieces. So you have four planetary pieces in the eighth house. The eighth house is the house of death. Well, why is that a gift? (laughs) You know? So... Again, with what you're doing, the work that you're doing as a podcaster and interviewing people, that's what the eighth house really helps you with because the eighth house is the house of death, which comes after marriage. It's marriage is two people that are uh, side by side, so to speak, or even let's say at the wedding, and then they have two candles. And they light the one candle in the middle and blow out the two candles to signify the death of the self and the rebirth of the unit. And when you're doing this work here, you are a unit with your guest. You are vibing off of them. You are guiding them. You are helping them share their knowledge to your audience. Mm -hmm. That is what this is right here. You have Mercury, communication, your conscious mind, the sun, your identity, Jupiter, which is the planet of luck and expansion, and Neptune, which is the planet that rules dreams and is a very uh, mystical planet as well. So dealing with mysticism and all that sort of stuff. My dreams are terrifying. Well, you're a Scorpio moon. Oh. So. (laughs) What are your dreams? (laughs) I mean, they're just, last night, um, shoot, I I wrote it down, but now I'm already forgetting it. But it's like, just really, like somebody's always chasing somebody and it's going to murder them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Dark caves and. Yes. Like just darkness. Yes. And I feel like. I, I heard once it's like your dreams are mirroring your life. You're just not conscious of it in life. And I, I have a pretty light daily life where yes. I'm, I feel pretty light and free and happy and connected. But then I'm like, Oh my God, am I unconsciously just no, no. I, I think when, I, when someone says mirroring, mm. I think opposite. Oh, so it's, your life is light and the dreams are dark. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you and your subconscious. Uh, there's just, it's dark because it's easier for you to garner lessons from the dreams than if they were light. 
if they were light and reflecting your conscious life, mm-hmm. then what's the difference? What's right. the point? Right. So I want you to tell us a little bit about love and the and the <laughs> and the signs and the charts. Is there yes. anything else in my chart that would help anybody um, figure anything else out or on their own journey? Um, I don't know. I would say here's here's one thing that's really kind of important too, um, and it's it's a challenge, but it's also a gift, and it's something that people can look at in their chart just like knowing where Chiron is is important knowing where the north node and the south node are are important Uranus right here is they it's like an upside down Venus Mm. with two crescents of receptivity on both sides that that symbolizes the senses and how they're different from everybody else Mm. and the crescent on receptivity on both sides shows unpredictability. So this is the freak, the rebel. Mm. This is what makes you unique to anyone else. And this is also what makes you unpredictable. So yours is at 11 degrees in Sagittarius, which puts it in the seventh house, the house of marriage. Mm. So there could be or have been unexpected unions and breakups Mm -hmm. uh that's a theme Mm -hmm. and it will continue to be a theme uh but one thing to help that theme is to embrace the uniqueness about you and your relationships Mm. and so this is why i bring this up in relation to other people because in our society where relationships are thought to be a certain way mm-hmm. you have to be monogamous or man and woman or whatever it might be it it just that's not reality mm-hmm. that's something that's been put upon society that does not belong in society right so you are someone who can set an example by showing courage in your relationships and not adhering to the status quo of what reality says a relationship is supposed to be. Right. Could, could a relationship last until someone dies though for me? Sure. Okay, cool. Sure. But in order for it to, it's got to be very unique. Yeah. There's got to be something odd about it, Mm. something different, something, and it's, it's going to be unconventional. Cool. Unconventional. I'm totally ready for that. Okay. The conventional shit is not not working. No, no, it's not going to work for you. Not in the least. So transitioning to relationships and that sort of stuff. Yes. I, I look at a few points, uh, when I'm thinking, you know, people will always say, well, this sign doesn't go with that sign or whatever. And if you're just looking at the sign, then you're, you're really doing yourself a disservice because it's a very complex puzzle. Mm. Your chart is extremely complex and adding another person's chart to it makes it even more complex. So is it the kind of thing where somebody be working with you and you have their chart and then they kind of, you know their chart so well that when they throw another thing at you, you can kind of figure it out pretty quickly and be like... Me this. personally? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. There's there's a few points that, I'm, that I'll look, out, look at immediately. I want to know where the sun is. Obviously, that's the sign. Mm-hmm. So that's like the first indicator. But beyond that, the moon. Where's the moon? 
Whereas the moon is the emotions. So mm. you want to know where that is. Is Are you going to be emotionally compatible with this person? Where is Venus? Because that's the, the planet of love and relationships, the senses. Mars, that's the planet of action and aggression, but also the planet that rules the physical act of sex. Mm. So is there going to be an attraction there? Uh, Saturn is an important one because that symbolizes longevity but it can also symbolize uh some very uncomfortable relationships like if saturn is squaring the moon if your saturn is squaring your partner's moon that's going to be really tough mm. I, I i personally don't really want to be in that relationship yeah um because there's going to be a lot of emotional friction there wow and someone is going to feel very suppressed emotionally uh, by the sat the moon person will feel suppressed by the Saturn person. But the other thing is, is where do the planets land in your house? Not only what planets are connecting to which planets, but is the sun, is your partner's son in the first house, the second house, the ninth house? Oh the yeah. That's, house? That is where it gets complicated. huh? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if someone's son is in your fifth house, that's somebody that, so for you, it would be like a Virgo or, you know, early, early Libra, Virgo, early Libra. Those are people that the fifth house is the house of children. And when, when we're talking children, it's not necessarily literal children. It's the energetic expression of children, mm. fun, play mm -hmm. this is dating and love life so when someone's son lands in your fifth house you look at that person with kind of rose-colored glasses mm. uh, there's there's a real sense of play and fun you're if you're just looking at the signs you're thinking earth and water or earth and earth and water and water or fire and fire air and air or air and fire because earth and water go well together because Earth gives water form, and water nurtures the earth. Mm. With air and fire, fire helps the air rise, and air fuels the fire. So are there people that like bring you a person, and you're just like, you cannot date them? I mean, I know you would never say you can't date, but you're just like, nope. No, I, I would never say like you can't date, but I would say there's going to be challenges. You know, there's I, I point out the gifts, the challenges... I, I lay out the cards on the table and I let you decide. Mm -mm, this mm -mm. is this is where this relationship has strength. This is where it works. Uh, and this is where there's going to be challenges. And as long as you're aware of these challenges, I think that's where the relationships can really work because we spend so much time in relationship projecting based on our past relationships. And we in that projecting we're missing the person that's in front of right. us and we think that they're doing something to us out of malice right. and really it has nothing to do with they're that. a whole different painting from the stars and planets exactly yeah so if you understand that oh they're not just messing with me right uh <laughs> they it, this is just how they are yeah and, yeah and then you understand it's like if if the cat scratches you is that the cat's fault? I mean, like, you have to know 
how to be around the creature. Right. And so if you understand your partner mm-hmm. and then then you're activating you're you're acting from a place of higher mindfulness. That's so interesting. And definitely in my youth, and I feel like people probably do this too. I mean, I dated people where we would try to push each other's buttons mm. you know mm-hmm. I, I i'm sure everybody maybe goes through that or yeah that's, yeah I it's mean, interesting I think, you know especially when you're younger mm. you're just figuring things out you don't understand yeah. what's going on and, and like you're just, stirring up emotions seem like romance or like making them jealous or something and yes. now as an adult and like trying to make somebody not jealous and feel safe and like it's just a whole different it's a different level of it's maturity. a different level and yes. it's, it's very um it, it's really cool actually yes yeah well that's part of maturing yeah is recognizing okay i want this to work mm-hmm. so in order for it to work i need to come from a place of love at all times i need to stop being a bitch (laughs) (laughs) who would have thought (laughs) um wow okay so is there any like broad love statements that that people can gain some knowledge from well it starts with loving yourself oh man yeah that's where it all begins like you have to understand who you are accept who you are and then you love who you are and when you're loving yourself then you're coming from a place of love and you understand that the person you're with is also a miracle a very unique human being Mm -hmm. and and you're working together in love right as opposed to I'm trying to get something from this person or they're trying to get something from me I can't let them or it's it all starts with love. I don't know. I, I don't know how I to. I love that. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's where it starts that's and ends is right beautiful. there. So, yes. But as far as the charts go, yeah. yeah I, I just, I recommend for people to take the time to learn their chart, to learn their partner's chart, and and learn how the charts affect each other. And when I do a reading for a couple, I'm not telling them anything they don't already know. Right. But it, but it suddenly makes sense. It's it's not some crazy thing that they're some feeling. Some abstract, like, right. I don't know how to define this, but I'm miserable, hating you. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah, it's so much clearer when it's like, you have a problem with self-confidence, and maybe <laughs> your partner isn't doing things that are wrong. You just need to work on that. Right. Right. Yes. Oh man! Yes. Is there any other any other tips or tricks you can throw in the mix? Because this has been highly illuminating. Oh, thank you. Thank really. You. Well, I will say a couple things about uh, where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see from from your chart here where the oh, planets are. Oh, this is today. Are. Yes. What? Yes. So this is where the planets are transiting right now. Wow. And. Wow. This is one up here that's really important to mention. Uh, We have many planets in Capricorn right now. We have Jupiter over here, which just entered recently, which is the planet of luck and expansion. We have Saturn, which is the planetary ruler of Capricorn, the authority. We have Venus, and then we have Pluto, 
right here. Mm -hmm. So Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008. What? Move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it takes Pluto 248 years to, to move through the chart. Wow. And Pluto is like Venus with the crescent of receptivity between the cross of matter and the circle of spirit. That symbolizes death and rebirth, Mm. transformation. Pluto in the myths is the god of death, Mm. lord of the underworld, god of wealth, because that's where the riches are, you know, in the the minerals, the diamonds are are in the underworld. Wherever Pluto goes... Pluto's kind of like the grim reaper of the energy and it's been transiting Capricorn, which is the, the sign that rules anything and everything that has to do with authority. Ah. And in, it also rules government, land, real estate. And in 2008, when Pluto moved into Capricorn, the real estate market crashed. Oh shit. And if you look at what's going on in the world, since 2008, all so many individuals that were like the goat on the top mm. of the mountain peak that have been refraining from living by the universal law of doing unto others as you would have them do unto mm. you, those people have had their power stripped from them and they've tumbled down the mountaintop. Yeah. And it's been quite shocking because some of these people... Nobody ever thought Mm -hmm. anything bad could happen to them or they would lose their power. This is what the planets do. And right now, across the globe, there's revolutions happening on four different continents. You have Hong Kong. You have, uh, so that's Asia. You have Lebanon and Iraq, Iran in Asia and the Middle East, uh, Lebanon and Africa. Uh, you have Spain and France that are going through their issues, and even the Netherlands in Europe. And in South America, you have Chile. And people are becoming fed up with the authority. Mm. The last time Pluto was in Capricorn was... 1761. Is that the French Revolution? No. To 1778, which was the American Revolution. Oh, the American yes. Revolution. Got yes. it. French came after mm. that. But the last time Pluto was in it in Capricorn was during the American Revolution. On July Damn. 4th, 2022, it'll be retrograding at 27 degrees at the same position it was on July 4th, 1776. That's nuts. So this is what's happening in, so in the world right now. So can we expect a revolution? Yeah, I think wow. so. I think that's, that's where, I mean, you're already seeing it in other parts mm. of the world. What's happening is you saw at the beginning individuals that were not doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, and that was kind of the appetizer. And now it's building up to the main entree mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. where like governments are now institutions. Exactly. Institutions. Corporations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It's all a part of it. So with Jupiter, 
now has just moved into Capricorn and we have these four planets here and in January there's going to be like a triple conjunction with Jupiter, Saturn and Pluto all at like 20 degrees in Capricorn <clears throat> when the sun is there. This is a time for really for work for doing the work this is what people need to be focused on like real first chakra type mm. energy of just doing the work taking care of whatever you need to sustain yourself in the world of matter uh so that's something to be aware of for the coming year especially in the beginning um but yes Damn. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> How can people contact you to get a reading? Do you uh, do it over the phone or? I do. I do like I'll do like Zoom, which uh, uh -huh. is, you know, so it's I'm very visual. So I like to show people what I'm talking about. I have a website. It's called date-time-place. Cool. So it's, you know, that's what I need from you. The date, time and place of mm. your birth. So date-time-place. And uh, you can sign up for a reading there. Just email me. Or uh, also, I have a weekly newsletter called The Weekly Transit, which, yes. which highlights the various planetary positions of the week and how they're affecting society and how basically to attune your soul instrument to the the musical harmony of the planets let's get in a symphony with the universe you guys yes come on <laughs> all right well you heard it here first date slash time dash place date dash time dash place awesome thank you so much for joining us <laughs> You're today welcome, Megan. My all pleasure. right <laughs> bye guys Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.